Welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. If you can turn with me to Colossians chapter 2, we're going to be looking at the three verses, verses 1, 2, and 3. So Colossians chapter 2, verse 1, we'll start with. The title of the message here this morning is God's Treasury. God's Treasury. My wife, she, one of her gifts, she almost has like, I, for lack of a better way of explaining this, like an anointing when it comes to shopping. She, <laughs> she somehow gets all of these great gifts, or great prices, I mean, uh, on, on different things that she buys. And she will not buy something unless it's just a great price. And she goes to thrift stores and all that stuff. And, and literally one time, this is a few years back or so, but one time we found a jacket that she liked at the thrift store and so we brought it up front she wasn't sure how much it was and it was 19.99 and she looked at the lady she says no that's too much money and she said well that's the price and she goes no 19 20 dollars at the thrift she goes no no I can't pay that I'm like honey it's only 20 dollars get it it looks nice and she goes no so we go back in the car and we're sitting there I says honey it's just 19 you know 19.99 it's okay and I was encouraging her so she goes okay yeah let's go so she goes and gets the jacket and she's going through the pockets because she's going to wash it, you know, at home first thing. And there's a roll of money inside the top pocket. <laughs> Seriously. $148. There was a <laughs> so we made $128 to get the coat. So. And I think of that story, but I think of how we love treasures. We love when we, we, there's something extra when we didn't expect it. And they're just, the hidden treasures. But in Christ, in God, in the Lord is found all the hidden treasures and wisdom of knowledge. And, and he wants us as believers, he wants us to be spiritually rich. He doesn't want us to be paupers. He doesn't want us to, to walk around like we're poor spiritually and woe is me. No, that's not what he wants for any of us as believers. He wants us to realize we're rich in Christ. In the book that you have before you or your iPad or your phone that you have in front of you, that with, with the Bible scriptures, these, in these scriptures are treasures. Isn't it awesome when you find gold nuggets in God's word? And he has that for us. God's treasury. God's riches. And God is very rich. And he desires that we're rich spiritually. So that's one of the things we're going to talk about here in our text. So if we can, can you please stand with me one more time here? I'm just going to read these three verses. We do that in reverence of the word. Paul the Apostle writes, again, Colossians chapter 2, verse 1. And he says, I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you and those in Laodicea. And for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, and attaining to all riches of full assurance of understanding to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge." We've been looking at the fact that Paul the Apostle writes to the church in Colossae. We've been looking at 
that the church was a probably, probably about five years old at the time when he writes this letter. We've been looking at the fact that uh, false teachers were getting into the church, trying to permeate the church, trying to deceive the church. And one of the main reasons why Paul writes this letter is to combat the lies and to tell the church there in Colossae, the believers in Colossae, to stay on track. Don't fall for these false teachers. Don't fall for this deception. And, and many times, if you've been walking with the Lord long enough, you realize when deception comes, it, it seems so much like the real thing, doesn't it? I've seen so many different waves of spiritual things come down the pike and, they, and it looks really good and it sounds really good and sometimes they have all these catchy little catch, these little phrases that sound good but then when you dissect it, it's empty and it's deceptive and it's deceiving and really what it does, it takes Christ away from that position that he is. He is preeminent. He is number one. He's the head of the church and, and somehow when it's all self-focused, and it's all about you and, and, you know, this self, self, self. There's a problem with that. And Paul the Apostle has been kind of touching on certain things. And we're going to touch on, in these three verses, we're going to come against some of the lies that are out there regarding some false religions. So let's look at verse 1 again. Let's kind of zone in on this verse here. It says, Paul says, For I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you, and those in Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh. If you're a note taker, that word conflict, it, it means agony. And since it's great conflict, it's like intense agony. Paul the Apostle is telling this church, I have great agony for you. And mostly, I believe the, the great agony is because he's not there with them. He, he's not able to be there with these false teachers. He's not able to, to go there and refute them and to tell them, you know, they're lying and this is what's real. And so he he's, has this agony. He wants to be there face to face with them and, and even the church in Laodicea. And because of this, we, we believe that Paul the Apostle never went to Colossae. He, as we've talked about before, he, he never visited the church in Colossae. So he's in Rome. He's writing this letter from a prison and he's saying, I, I I have agony because I want to be with you. I want to get to know you guys. You know, sometimes letters are good, but sometimes it just lacks because they're, 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 you know, there's that face-to-face -face with somebody. And it's to, to really be with that person, to get to know that person and to hang out with that person. And I just, I believe it's a reminder for us today how important it is for fellowship to hang out, to get to know each other. That's a big part of church. And if we look at this verse, he wants to see them face to face. He wants to hang out with them. But see, he's in prison. And, and so it's a reminder for us the importance of fellowship, the importance to go out of your way to get to know people that are in the church. And I want to encourage everybody that's here. That's a big part of church. Now, sometimes it can be uncomfortable. You know, you're meeting new people for the first time and you're, and you're you know, it can be a little bit uncomfortable. There's some, you might be here today and you were hurt in, in another church and so you're kind of gun shy. You just kind of want to stay to yourself. And, but see, the enemy wants you to stay to yourself. The enemy wants us to isolate. Did you know that? Just me. Okay, go to church. Praise God. And his run, you know, it's like, that's what the enemy would want, you know? Seriously, he would want just to isolate. And that's not what God wants for us. The Israel trip, we had an awesome time hanging out with each other, didn't we? Wasn't that awesome? 
And one of the biggest things that constantly people come up to me and they say, you know what my favorite part of the whole Israel trip was? Is to get to know other people in this church. It was just Sunday, last Sunday, even Eric brought that up. He said, that was like the best part was hanging out with people, getting to know people better. And, and there's something about that when you hang out with one another. And that's what Paul is saying. He's saying, I agonize. I, I want to be with you guys. I, I want to be in your midst. And so we should fight for this. We should go out of our way to, to have good fellowship, to hang out with each other. We're gonna, we're praying over, I had a, we had a little pastor's meeting just uh, Friday night and, and we're praying over doing like a quarterly thing, like a luncheon like after second service and just in, in asking everyone to come join us and get to know each other. For those that are new in the church, please come and let's, let's just break bread together. Let's hang out together. And then I started thinking about it. It might even be good. I don't know, this is just off the top of my head. Maybe all the different ministries, maybe have a table there with flyers, with the leaders, with some of the leaders at the table so you can meet the leaders and kind of get to know them and, and ask questions and everything. But see, that's what God wants. He wants us to hang out with each other. Church isn't just sitting down listening to the word of God, although this is a great part of what church is. But church is fellowship. It's hanging out with each other. It's getting to know each other. Just this past Friday, someone stopped in to, to talk to Brenda and I about a few things. And so we were just talking with this gentleman. I never really had a chance to meet him and talk with him. And I believe Brenda met him for the first time. And I mean, literally, we were laughing and just having a great time. And we we're like, we were, you know, he's telling us his story and all these different things and about his family. And it's just like, it's like instantly there was a bond. Instantly we had just this great bond. And I'm thinking, boy, I wish we could do that. Can, can we make a schedule? Just, I just want to sit down with everybody, okay? Because it would just be such a wonderful thing to get to know each and everyone that's in the church that's important it's very important so Paul's saying I want to be there with you guys I'm agonizing over this we're told in Hebrews 10 24 most of you know this let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works so let us consider one another let's in other words let's consider the other person. Let's be attentive. That word consider means let's be attentive. Let's fix our mind on other people. Let's fix our eyes on other people. For what reason? To stir up love and good works? To encourage each other in the things of God? And then what does it say? Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of, can we say that together? Some what does that mean? That means some people just tell you, well, I don't do the church thing, right? I don't have to go to church. You know, you ever hear this? Me and God, we have our own little thing going. I don't have to go to church. I don't need to go to church. I, I find God out at the ocean. I find God out in the trees. Matter of fact, I know some of this. Is, I just hug the trees and God talks to me that way, you know? But, okay, hug some trees, but come on in and let's talk with you. <laughs> Because in the manner of some, you know, some people are, are not thinking that, it's okay, that you can just go with no assembling. No, it says, no, you need to. And then it says, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Do we see the day approaching? Like never before, we see the day of the Lord approaching, don't we? So that's a good verse. We, we know that one. But this, and we know these verses. These are just reminders for us today as we start. Acts 2.42, you know this, that, 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 3,000 people were added to the church. And what happened? It says, what did they do? They continued steadfastly. That means constantly and continually. What did they do? They were in the apostles' doctrine. What is that? Teaching the word of God. And can we say the word together? Fellowship. 
in the breaking of bread and in prayer. So fellowship, that's what the early church did. So that's, that's what we're called to do. Paul was in agony. He wanted to see the believers in Colossae. He wasn't able to, but it was killing him. And I pray we have that heart. I pray if you have a hard time getting to know people that you would kind of break away from that and try to, to, to reach out and meet new people in the church. I know my wife, I see her every Sunday after service. She, she kind of zones in on new people. I don't know, if, did you notice that? If you're new here, you probably talk to my wife because she just, she just has that gift. She wants to meet you. And we want everyone that's here, we want to be able to meet you. And so it's a very important part of being a Christian. But the next verse, it says that their hearts may be encouraged. Paul wants the believers in Colossae, and it's God's heart that believers would be encouraged. I love to be encouraged, don't you? Doesn't it feel good when someone comes up to you and says, man, you are doing such a good job. And it's not flattery. We have to be careful with flattery. People, you know, there's people that might be, you know, if flattery, I, flattery is if you tell someone something in front of their face that you would never say behind their back, right? That's flattery. Oh, you're the best, man. You're awesome. You're so cool. And you're just the bomb, man. And then they turn around, man, I can't stand that person. This person just, and I'm like, you just told them they were the best thing next to, you know, toast. I mean, what are you doing? I don't know toast. That's kind of weak, right? <laughs> I eat a lot of toast, so it's in my <laughs> yogurt. Hey, frozen yogurt, <laughs> chocolate. Here we go. It's getting better. Not cats, though. Don't talk about cats. Okay, no, sorry. Um, where was I? Where <laughs> Flattery, encouragement, but real encouragement is telling someone the truth. And just noticing their giftings, noticing what they're doing right, and really encouraging them in that. And, you know, some people have that gift of encouragement. There's others have the gift of discouragement. I don't like being around people like that. But the gift of encouragement, my wife, I, I, I know I brag on my wife a lot, but she has that gift for me. You know, she's just very encouraging. But she won't lie to me. She won't say, oh, that was great. She'll, she'll critique me. And she'll say, well, when you said that, you know, that was kind of, I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, this reason. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, now, okay, I understand. But she's, but she's encouraging to me. Everybody needs encouragement. Did you know that? We're called to be encouragers. Did you know that? We'll look at some scriptures. And it's good to be encouraged. And God wants every believer. Paul the apostle said that their hearts would be encouraged. And I, I pray today, if you're a believer here today, even if you're not a believer, God wants you to be encouraged too. And he wants a relationship with you. But I pray that you are encouraged today, truly. Because God is with you. And if God is with you, God is for you. And that he's for you, what does the Bible say? Who can be against you? You guys are taught pretty well. Who can be against you? If a God is truly for you, who can, be against, who can be against you? And we know who is against us, the enemy. People in the world that, that hate God, they, they come against us sometimes, right? But the thing is, is God's always going to win, amen? Be encouraged. Maybe you're going through a trial. Maybe you're going through some difficult times. Be encouraged. God is with you. God is for you. God's going to take care of it. God is, is, is on your side. Be encouraged. No matter what comes your way, it has to filter through the loving hand of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It has to filter through him. 
In other words, this, you know, something's coming our way and it's like, oh no, this is too, and it's like, no, that's, he's like, no, that, we're not going to let that happen. And then something comes through and it's like, wow, what, really God, you allowed this to happen? It's like, well, you're in a fallen world, but that thing that's coming your way, that trial that's coming your way, I'm actually going to use it for you to mold you, to shape you, and it's going to be used that you become more like me. Be encouraged. God wants us to be encouraged. And I, and I believe there, there's such an attack for, for believers to be discouraged and depressed. God wants us to be encouraged, and he wants us to be encouragers. I remember years ago when I, was, I wasn't saved and I was in the water meter business and there was a, a time, a low time. We, it was a contracting thing too. So there was times we had like months that we didn't have things to do. And typically we're pretty busy, but there's times a month or two months. So I would find other work during that time. And this one time a friend of mine, he had a construction company and he says, hey, can you come work for me for you know, a few days? I really need the help. And he got a lot of work. I said, yeah, I'll come work for you. And I'll never forget. So I'm there and I'm learning how to do you know, sweeping and helping and just doing whatever I can do. And I'm like, I'm here, man. I'm, I love to work and I'm just I'm here. And so I'm on the job site. And he, says, and he starts cussing at me. You blankety blank, get the blank over there. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's like, I was like, okay. So I went over to do something and he started cussing at me again. He's cussing at his guys and blankety this and you blank. And I was like, what is going on? So I said, excuse me, Tony, we got to talk a little bit. And I says, come here, Tony. Listen, listen, I would love to work for you. I'm a hard worker. I'll do whatever you want to do, but don't ever cuss at me again, please. He goes, what are you talking about? He said, I cussed at you? I said, well, you use this word, this word, this word, this word, and this word. And then you called me stupid a couple times. And I was like, he goes, I did. He goes, he goes I didn't know you. I'm sorry, man. I don't even really, I didn't. I says, well, just do this. Realize it, okay? Because I won't work for you. If you're going to talk to me like that, I am not going to work for you. I said, do we get this straight now? He says, okay. So I'm go back. And so we go back on the job site and we're doing all kinds of stuff. We're working. He's saying, hey, Tony, blankety blank, you do this and you do that. And he goes, oh, Joe, hey, do you mind go get me the broom over there? <laughs> I kid you not. They're all looking at me like, why is he so nice to you? I said, yeah, no problem, bro. Hey, anytime. And I go get it. He goes, thank you, man. I said, you're welcome, man. <laughs> and now I look back. I wasn't even a believer at the time, but I look back at that story and I realized, you know, people want to be encouraged. And I think it was training them to be encouraging to your workers, you know, because, and even at that time, I had employees, you know, in the, in the meter business, and I, I knew, you know, you just, you encourage them in the things that they, the gifts that they have, you try to support them, and you try to help them. If they make mistakes, you correct them, but you get underneath them, undergird them, and say, hey, let's do this together, and you, and you work with them. And that's what God does. That their hearts may be Encouraged. When we were in Marietta Hot Springs at the missions conference, I think it was our last day there, we stopped at Roots Market. I don't know if you're familiar with the Roots Market out there, but we stopped there, and there was these young kids, probably 16 to 18 years old, and uh, they, they had signs in their hands. And I just kind of, because they, they had these big signs that says, you're beautiful, have a nice day. Seriously. And there's just, just young kids, and they're like, so they've got their signs out, and they're, they're smiling at everyone, waving at everyone. Everybody's honking their horn. And I'm looking, I see them reading, you're beautiful, have a nice day. And I just started smiling, and they're looking at me like this, like, hey, how you doing? And, I, and I, I drove away, and I'm smiling. I thought, you know what? I don't even know if they're Christians. We didn't have time to go talk with them. But I'm like, you know what? People love to be encouraged. 
And I had a big old smile on my face. I thought, that was just so cute. I'm thinking, boy, we should do that for the church. We should have, the young you know, then, then people would stop and say, well, why do you have those out? Because Jesus loves you and just want to tell you God loves you. So it was just a, it was a powerful thing. Paul the Apostle, when he, in Acts chapter 20, when he was in Ephesus in chapter 19, there was a big uproar. There was a big commotion. There was a, it almost started into a riot. So Paul ended up leaving there and he's, he went to Macedonia. I just want to put it up on the screen. It says, after the uproar, Paul called the disciples to himself, embraced them, and he departed to Macedonia. It says, now, now when he had gone over that region, over to that region, and encouraged them with many words, he came to Greece. So what did he do? He says he came to that region. What did he do? He encouraged them with many words. That was part of his ministry, to encourage people with many words. Obviously, God's word, but he was an encouragement to them. One of my favorite scriptures, my favorite verses in all the scriptures, is Joshua 1.9, where the Lord speaks to Joshua, and he says, Have I not commanded you? And what did he command him? Remember this verse? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be, nor be, for the Lord your God is wherever you go. If you could grasp that one verse, it's so powerful because he says, haven't I commanded you? And what does that tell me? That tells me that that Joshua had a tendency to be discouraged. He had a tendency to be afraid. He had a tendency to be dismayed because God's saying, hey, haven't I told you this before? Haven't I commanded you? Don't be discouraged. Don't be dismayed. I am with you wherever you go. And that is the answer for discouragement. If If you struggle with that at all, God is with you wherever you go. He's with you as a believer, just the same as Joshua. God is with you, even more so than with Joshua, with us today as believers after the cross of Jesus. We have him inside of us, wherever we go. Be not discouraged, be not dismayed, for the Lord thy God, he's with you wherever you go. So wonderful verse that might be for someone here today. And then in, in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 14, 3. But he who prophesies, Paul the Apostle said, prophecy, a form of prophecy can just be speaking forth the word of God, right? It says speaking, speaks. So those who prophesied, what do they do? They speak edification and exhortation. That's encouragement and comfort to men. So God wants us to do that. Another great verse that goes with this, Proverbs 12, 18. There is one who speaks like the piercing of a sword. Don't you hate when that happens, when someone talks to you and it's like, (gasps) it just like pierces, it it hurts. But listen to this, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. Those that are godly, those that have wisdom from God, they talk and it it promotes health, spiritual health, and you you feel good. Even it's something physically, you know, when, when we're not feeling good sometimes even physically it can hurt us spiritually it's all it's all intertwined together and so that health those that have tongue of that have wise tongues it's like health to the bones it's so good another great verse proverbs we're on the the bible bus here today proverbs 16 1 the preparation of the heart belongs to man but listen but the answer of the tongue is from don't you love that verse? That, you know what that tells me? Is you, you just prepare your heart. You just hang out with God. You just start praying. You just seek God first. And guess what? 
He's going to give you the answer on your tongue. He's going to put words in your mouth. He's going to give you the ability to, to speak words that people need to hear. And there's a dying world all around us. And, and if we prepare our hearts before God, God will use us as vessels of honor, fit for the master's work. He'll use us in a way that we can speak to people his word and they, they, they'll be ministered to. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.